is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Man, oh man, there is a ton going on today. I won't possibly get to all of it. We have a guest in the second hour, our friend Byron Donalds from Florida, help walk us through what's going on on the budget, among other things. And there's a lot I do want to get to, but before I get to all of it, I want you to listen to this interview by Martha Raddatz of ABC's This Week, this week with General Mark Milley. I want you to listen carefully. I'm not going to comment before, except to say, on full display, is the Democrat Party, the state party media. Just listen to this. Cut five, go. Were you concerned at any time that you might receive an illegal order? You know, let me let me just say this about January 6th in the election. Sorry. Let's start over. Go ahead. Were you concerned at any time that you might receive an illegal order after Election Day? I never did receive an illegal order. Was there concern? Um, you know, I, I, I argued the case uh, at various times to, for alternative courses of action, never received an illegal order. You were in this building on January 6th. Mm-hmm. You saw what happened sure. on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Are you nervous about that happening again? Can you honestly say you're not nervous about that happening again? No, I'm not nervous about it. No, I think that, uh, first of all, I think... Do you worry about it? You, you will be long gone from the Pentagon. Yeah, no, I don't... I don't worry about a lot of things, uh, Martha. I don't get nervous about a lot of things. I've seen a lot of combat, so uh, I'm beyond that, actually. So, uh, But I would tell you that uh, the, the United States, the institutions of the United States are very strong and very slant. I, I talk to... I, I just want, I want to clear yeah. this up. Sure. Okay, whatever words you use, worry, yeah. concern, but are you 
confident that that won't happen again. I am confident that the United States and the democracy and uh, of this country will prevail and the rule of law will prevail. I'm absolutely confident of that. And uh, the, these institutions are uh, built to be strong, resilient, uh, and to adapt to the times. And I'm 100% confident we'll be fine. Isn't this amazing? I know you know, liberal. No, but it's, it's even more than that. She wouldn't let him finish his thoughts. She was pressing him hard to give the answers that she insisted on. Because, I hate to say this in so many ways, but the man deserves credit. He was not going to accept her narrative. And he was in the Oval Office where Donald Trump offered 10,000 National Guardsmen to the Speaker of the House and to the mayor of Washington, D.C. And they said no. He was in there. The acting Secretary of State was in there. The chief of staff to the acting Secretary of State was in there. I think Mark Meadows was in there. All witnesses, the inspector general of the Defense Department afterwards looked at it and wrote it up and said, yes, that's what he did. He offered them. And this is what gives the lie to so much of this. This is what gives the lie to so much of it. Now, I want to go back to meet the press. Donald Trump decided to go and meet the press, or meet the depress, as I call it. And the new moderator is named Kristen Walker. You saw in one of the debates in 2020 as a moderator for NBC. So listen to this. Cut one, go. I want to know what's in your head. When you go to bed at night, do you worry about going to jail? No, I don't, really. I don't even think about it. I'm built a little differently, I guess, because I have had people come up to me and say, how do you do it, sir? How do you do it? Uh, I don't even think about it. Uh, These are corrupt people that I'm dealing with. They're destroying our country. I don't even think about it. All I think about is making the country great, making America great. Look, these are political, these are banana republic indictments. These are third world indictments. The president of the United States sees how we're doing. We have a movement, the likes of which has never happened in this country before. And you see it with the polls. I mean, I'm up on these people by 60 points and 59 points. I don't mean I'm at 59. I'm leading them by 59. You almost say, like, why are they campaigning? Asa Hutchinson, he's at zero. Christie's at two. Other ones are at one. Uh, DeSanctimonious is at nine. Well, he hates hates DeSantis. I happen to like DeSantis a tremendous amount, but he hates him. Because DeSantis is number two, and he keeps trying to pound them down to number three. But that's beside the point. Go ahead. I'm leading him by 60 points. Mr. President. You say, why are they doing it? But here's what they did. They saw this happening. And he went to the Attorney General of the United States and he told them, indict Trump. There's just no evidence of that, oh, Mr. What? President. You mean but let's, let's stay Look on track. The lies he's Mr. Told President. There's never any evidence. There's no evidence to have an impeachment inquiry because there's no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. There are mountains of pieces of evidence that Joe Biden should be impeached, even if I take all of the financial violations off the table. Mountains, starting with the border. 
presidents have been impeached for far less, including Trump. Far less. Cut to go. When you talk about retribution, are you talking about directing your attorney general to try to go after your political enemies? You know what amazes me here? He's not president right now. We have a president of the United States and an attorney general who is clearly going after their political opponents. I'm not even talking about politicians. They're political opponents. Parents who've had enough of these teacher unions. Pro-lifers. Catholics, you know the list. Going after their political opponents. So, Kristen Welker doesn't even lay the foundation for a question like, are you concerned about this administration going after their opponents? We've had the greatest widespread institution of censorship, if not in American history, certainly since the Civil War and certainly since Woodrow Wilson's reign. Go ahead. I'm talking about fairness. We have to treat people fairly. These people on January 6th, they went, some of them never even went into the building and they're being given sentences of, you know, many years. Are you going to pardon those people who've been convicted, well, Mr. President? Them, and I certainly might if I think it's appropriate. Uh, no, it's a very, very sad thing. And it's they're dividing the country so badly and it's very dangerous. Well, Mr. President, we're going to delve into that a little bit later on. But I want to stay on this idea of what you mean by retribution. Are you looking to appoint an attorney general who will prosecute the people you tell them to prosecute? I'm looking to appoint an attorney general who's going to be tough on crime and fair. Very simple. Mm-hmm. One more. Cut three. Go. I want to know who you called the way, on that day. Nancy Pelosi. I, I, I don't have. I, why would day. I tell you that? Listen, Nancy Pelosi was in charge of security. She turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't turn down the soldiers, you wouldn't have had January 6th. Did you call military or law enforcement? What? Did you call military or law enforcement at the moment the Capitol was under attack? I'm not going to tell you anything. Let me put it this way. I behaved so well. I did such a good job. Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't do that. But and now Nancy I understand, Pelosi doesn't have I the understand that, that you the police have testified against. Chief, Listen to me, Kristen. Listen to me. Stop a second. You see, you see, I played Millie first for a reason. Because they're pushing propaganda. I'm playing this now for a reason. Nancy Pelosi doesn't have the power to call out the military. Remember when he was thinking about calling out the military when our streets were burning and people were being murdered and maimed? Remember what the media said then? Remember what the general said then? The insurrection will be Trump's. Remember all that? When the White House was under attack? Because the generals weren't in any mood. And the Secretary of Defense had no intention of calling out the National Guard to stop any of this. Period. Now she wants to know why he didn't call out the National Guard or federal law enforcement on that day. She does not want to discuss that Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 troops, armed troops, who would have stopped everything. She doesn't have the power to call in, she says, the military. But the mayor of D.C. certainly had the power 
to call in more police. The FBI director doesn't need a director from the President of the United States to send in more FBI. Go ahead. I understand that the police testified against her, the chief very strongly against mm-hmm. her, Capitol Police, great people. They testified against her, and they burned all the evidence. Okay, they burned all the evidence. Mr. They President, destroyed all the evidence about Why Nancy are you Pelosi. interrupting him? They destroyed 60 to 70% of the information they had gathered. The January 6th committee. One insider says they didn't investigate the lack of security at all. Another says that, of course, they never talked to Nancy Pelosi at all, who should have been a witness. Why is that not relevant? Go ahead. Say to people who wonder why you, you as commander-in-chief, you have authorities that Nancy Pelosi doesn't have as commander-in-chief. No, no, she has authority over Why the didn't Capitol. you send help in that moment, though? Uh, frankly, just so can you, you imagine. Hold on, let's stop. Can you imagine if he sent, at his direction, the military or the FBI at, to the Capitol? Wouldn't they have accused him, Mr. Producer, of sending them in there to help the insurrection? Is there any doubt in anybody's mind? Go ahead. I assume that she took care of it. She turned down. So when you realized that, that the National Guard wasn't coming? Well, when, you, didn't, you don't realize anything until quite a while. National Guard not coming. I, yes, I asked it to be there three days in advance, and she turned it down. She says that that request was never officially made. Oh, she, okay, so you know. stop. She's a liar. Millie says, Cash Patel says, the Acting Secretary of Defense says, the Inspector General of Defense says, 100% that was offered. So she is a bald-faced liar. That's why they did not want her to test found January 6th. She's a fool. She let down the people in there. She was concerned about optics. Can you imagine all the testimony about what she said, all the text messages that she issued, all the emails she sent and that she received? Can you imagine what that would have done to the Democrat Party and the Speaker of the House? Destroyed them. Go ahead. Ask you the about mayor pardons, of D- Let me President. tell you. The mayor of D.C. gave us a letter saying that she turns it down. Okay, we have it. Nancy Pelosi also was asked, and she turned it down. The police commissioner I'm talking of about Capitol the day Police, of wait a minute. Yep. Capitol Police said that he wanted it, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't accept it. Let me She's, ask you something, Walker. So why didn't Pelosi pick up the phone and call the president and then say, please send in the National Guard? Why didn't she do that? Trump is supposed to be sitting all the way down the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue, watching this on TV and order the military to go to the Capitol building? Nancy Pelosi made calls that day when that was taking place. She just didn't call the commander-in-chief. So why didn't she, on that day, call the commander-in-chief and ask for the military? We'll never know. Now here's Nancy Pelosi on with Jonathan Capehart, who is a radical kook leftist, who gets no ratings whatsoever on the weekends. Hat tip, right bar, cut for a go. He is blaming you for the attack on the Capitol that he instigated. Your response. Oh, what a cool question. So Trump instigated the attack on the Capitol. 
He's never been charged with that. Cape Hart, if that is your name. So what does she say? There's a sickness there with Donald Trump. There's a sickness. As her face melts from the heat of the lights of the camera. You know, I've said in the past years that she's fascistic. The way she ran the house, the way she ran impeachments, she is fascistic. She's also a nut job. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios, and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. It's really a tight three hours this evening, so uh, I'm going to move quickly. All these issues, I believe, are very, very important. I only have about uh, 50 seconds in this segment, but I want to address what apparently a lot of conservatives are afraid to address because, well, they're more populist like Bernie Sanders than they are conservative like Ronald Reagan. And that's this strike, this UAW strike, what this president Sean Fain has said and is saying. And the fact that there are very few Americans who are going to support or have any sympathy for this strike. Union and non-union. Because the UAW are among the best paid union members in the country particularly when you consider benefits. I don't begrudge that in the least. But I'll tell you who is going to begrudge it when they learn what these UAW members and their president are demanding. America's waitresses and janitors and plumbers and electricians, our farmers and our ranchers, they're going to have a tough time with this. I'll explain in a moment. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolio 
shows, and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592, or go to com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. By the way, I agree with Ron DeSantis's and the Republican legislature's decision on abortion. Six weeks, month and a half. And by the way, this is what federalism is all about. If you want to go to a state where it's abortion on demand right up to the last minute, we have states like that too. But the truth is, a president has no say in any of it anymore. The Supreme Court gave that power to the states. To the states. And a lot of Republicans just don't know how to deal with this, which shocks me. It's one of the easiest issues to debate. The Democrats aren't reasonable on abortion. Nikki Haley's all over the map on abortion. You know, they believe in killing babies right to the end. That's the bottom line. No matter how much Jim Psaki lies on MSLSD or all the other Democrats lie. I've demonstrated that before. Sean Fain is the president of the UAW. And what he's going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is drive up the cost of automobiles so you can't afford them, even if they're combustion engine driven. He's going to drive up the cost of parts so it'll be almost impossible to fix your cars unless you have some kind of warranty. And of course, throughout, he's going to hurt the supply chain because so much is related to automobiles. You folks in the steel industry... Aluminum industry, plastics industry, rubber industry, you're all going to take it in the neck. The UAW, and you know what bothers me about these so-called conservatives from the Wall Street Journal page, the phony populist conservatives? They blame this on electric vehicles. Now that has a part to do with it, there's simply no question about it. And we're going to be blaming things on climate change for the rest of our lives. But that still does not excuse Mr. Sean Fain. Nor does it support the idea that UAW members should receive a 40% salary increase over a four-day work week, 32 hours. So they're not going to cut anything. They're going to get paid as if they're working a 40-hour week. But a 32-hour week with a 40% increase plus better benefits. Now, maybe some of these so-called populists and conservatives don't get out very much. But I get out a lot. And when I talk to people who are breaking their asses in their jobs, waiting on tables, landscapers, So many other people getting dirt under their fingernails. They're the ones who are going to be hurt the most. Why? Why? 
They get nothing like the UAW members get. Well, they should join a union. No, that's not how it works. So 94% of the private sector should join a union. This union, the UAW? I don't think there's a cop, a firefighter, any man who's part of these public sector unions like that these kind of increases. And then this is used as a baseline for other unions. Well, they're getting that over there. So in the end, like in all other things, the American consumer, the American taxpayer, is ripped off, is punished. This used to be understood among conservatives. I understand President Trump's considering going to one of these these places where they're striking. That would be very, very poor advice. Very, very poor advice. Multi-millions of Americans are going to be harmed by this. And they're going to hold politicians accountable. There is simply no justification for these kind of demands, this kind of a shakedown. None. I want you to listen to the Marxist language that this guy Sean Fain uses. It's like Mises said, and I have it in the book. We're all Marxists now. We all talk like Marxists. We all think like Marxists. Well, tell me about this one. Margaret Brennan on Deface the Nation. Cut 14, go. You're asking for 36% pay raises, our reporter just laid out there. Stellantis said they've offered 21%. What are you expecting out of tomorrow's negotiation with them? That seems forward movement. We've, we've asked for 40% pay increases, and the reason we asked for 40% pay increases is because in the last four years alone, the CEO pay went up 40%. They're already millionaires. Right. You know, so it, stop there. Is that persuasive to anybody? Now, why is this not persuasive? Why is this Marxist class warfare stuff not persuasive? These companies have shareholders. There is nothing, I repeat, nothing stopping shareholders from organizing and having a CEO who they think is overpaid fired. It's happened before. The shareholders have basically no say over the negotiations that take place and the contract that is signed should there be a 40% increase for a 32-hour week. That's number one. Number two, by this kind of logic, by this kind of logic, everybody at Microsoft should be given $100 billion, Mr. Producer. I mean, after all, Bill Gates is worth $100 billion. He used to own the place. Everybody at Tesla should get, what, $120 billion. Every employee at any company or business should earn or get an increase that is consistent with whatever management's getting. Now, if you want to get what management's getting, then get off the assembly line and do what it takes to become a manager, an executive. Do something else. So the Marxist claptrap, that doesn't fly either. It's pure Bernie Sanders, as you're about to hear. Hey, she got a 40% increase. 
So we get a 40 percent. No, no, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. Professors get tenure, many of them after one or two years on the job. Same with school teachers. I don't have any tenure. Do you have tenure, Mr. Producer? Don't you want tenure? I want tenure, too. A lot of these UAW workers have defined pension programs. I don't have one. Do you have one, Mr. Producer? No. A lot of them have medical coverage that I don't have. Most of you don't have. Shouldn't we all have the same thing, America? Shouldn't we all have the same thing? So this is the justification? A Marxist argument is the justification? And we're going to have Republicans? Including my dear friend, the former president, join with these guys? Nah, 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 nah. No. Bernie Sanders was already down there. But I'm not done. Did we already finish this cut, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. But, uh, you know, one of the one of the leaders of the court, one of the corporations sitting in his second home in Acapulco while we're bargaining. See what I mean? Being- See what I mean? He's in his second home in Acapulco while he's bargaining. Now, these people aren't earning twelve, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year. You put in some time. You're doing very well. So now this is the test. Guy's got a second home in Acapulco. He's sitting there while we're bargaining. It's my understanding, sir, that you weren't bargaining. That the CEOs of these companies, all the big three, they kept begging you to come back to the bargaining table and you refused. Go ahead. Bargaining table. And so, you know, our demands are just, we're asking for our fair share in this economy and the fruits of our labor. You're asking for your fair share? How about the fruits of the labor of people who are trying to buy an automobile? They're the one. Here's the problem. Companies don't exist to pay union members. They don't even exist to pay management. Companies cease to exist if that's the mindset. Companies exist to serve you, Mr. and Mr. America. You. You're not at the bargaining table. So when demands are made, And if they're met in any substantial way, prices skyrocket. And so when a consumer, you, the American people, are treated this way, you know what's going to happen? People are going to buy more foreign cars. That's what they're going to do. Because they're striking the big three. People are going to say, you know what? We went through the 70s with the automobile industry. We helped build it back by purchasing their products as good Americans. They had to improve their products, you know, to compete with the Japanese and German cars. Remember all this? And now you know what people are going to say? I don't give a damn where this is made. If the UAW doesn't give a crap about me, then I don't give a crap about them. And so people are going to buy cars that are made by foreign companies. Why shouldn't they act in their best interest when you hear this guy popping off and saying, hey, our CEO makes this, it's fair share. We do. Your response to them is, okay, fine, fair share. Fair share. Whatever that means. Go ahead. 
21% is a no-go for you. It's definitely a no-go, and we've made that very clear to the companies. Look at the arrogance. Yeah, 21%, that's just too much. We want our 32-hour work week, but we want to be paid for 40 hours, and a 21% increase is a no-go. How many of you are getting a 21% increase out there? This is one of the greatest shakedowns in modern history. Bernie Sanders is all in. Doesn't that tell you something? Here he is on with fake tapper. Cut 16, go. This push uh, from the UAW for a four-day work week, is that a negotiating tactic, or do you see that as the future of labor in the U.S., a four-day work week? Well, I'll tell you what I think, and thanks for raising that question, Jake. We are looking at an explosion in this country of artificial intelligence and robotics. And that means that the average worker is going to be much more productive. Pro- now, let's start. There's a man who's never worked a private job in his entire life. You know, Bernie Sanders, the average man, as you call them, also has to purchase a vehicle. Also has to pay for maintenance of a vehicle. The average man in this country, there are many more average men in this country than average men who work as UAW workers, they have to live with this result too. And we have millions and millions of people who do not earn what UAW workers earn. Now, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I understand. But if Bernie Sanders is going to make the argument that this is all well and good and this is for the worker, no, it's not for the worker, it's for the UAW. There's a lot, of, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of workers out there who are union members, too, who are not members of the UAW. Go ahead. ...to increase significantly. The question as a nation that we have got to ask ourselves is who is going to benefit from that increased productivity? I'm so sick and tired of this Marxist bullcrap. You have no idea. I am so sick of it. If Bernie Sanders is right, we would have had a communist revolution from the bottom up and the middle out a long time ago. Not a communist revolution from the top down that we're dealing with today, but from the bottom up. The proletariat would have overthrown the bourgeoisie as Marx had predicted. But even Lenin and Gramsci and Alinsky knew that wouldn't happen in the United States. But Bernie Sanders is an old red. He's a Marxist through and through. And so he wants you to believe that we're going to have all this new wealth as a result of artificial intelligence, and it's only going to go to the rich. The rich. The fact is the overwhelming amount of money that is possessed in this country is possessed by the broadest number of people in any country on the face of the earth. When you go in a grocery store, you're shopping with billionaires? When you purchase a car, you're buying with billionaires? We have more prosperity in this country because we do not follow, or you're not used to anyway, Bernie Sanders' ideology. What the UAW is demanding here is going to hurt a lot of, a lot of working poor, middle class Americans 
in a thousand different ways. And people who throw in with them on this, a 40% increase with a four-day week, in other words, being paid for the five-day week, on top of that, significant new benefits. These people don't care about you. They're all about politics. And they're on the wrong side. I'll be right back. Lovin. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios, and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Well, tomorrow's the day, ladies and gentlemen, when the Democrat Party Hates America goes live. Really, tomorrow, it's really midnight. And you can order it online. And tomorrow, you can show up at your retail bookstores. If you happen to be at one or you want to go to one, you'll be able to get your copies. It'll be at Costco. It's supposed to be. Walmart. BJ's. Sam's. Books a Million. Barnes and Noble. Uh, Target. It'll be really in every retail book outlet store in America, unless, of course, they're hiding it. But they've ordered a lot, so presumably the clerks know better than to hide it. Sometimes management doesn't know what the clerks are doing. So I told my publisher, I want to make exactly the same amount of money as Harry Potter books made. They said, what are you talking about? I said, it's only fair. I mean, I'm an author. The author made hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. Why shouldn't I get that? I work just as hard, right, Mr. Producer? Because it's stupid. That's why. Because that's not the way the world works or should work. In the real world... You put a product out there, whatever it is, and people either buy it or they don't. I'm not, oh, look at that guy over there. I should be getting what that guy gets. I don't even know what the CEO of Simon & Schuster makes. I don't even care. But I don't say, you know what? I should earn at least as much as the CEO of Simon & Schuster makes because I probably bring in more money. First of all, I doubt that's true, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can't live in a free entrepreneurial society that way. And so I speak to you directly. Honest to God. If you want to help save this country, 
that you have to train your focus and your attention on the Democrat Party that's destroying it each and every day. You see it on TV. You hear it on radio. And this is the party that has to become persona non grata. We don't have a lot of time left. We have to use the facts, the information, spread the word. That's how we got our free country in the first place. And we got to use that. Our noggins, our ability to speak information to try and claw our way back. That's the whole purpose of the Democrat Party Hates America. Please join us. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. It's open season on police officers. Local law enforcement. All the talk inside the Beltway is always about manga. Violence. I think I read a story that FBI agents need protection now or some such thing. All police officers in all walks of life all over this country are being murdered in cold blood. They're the ones who deserve 40% increases. Why? Because they put their lives on the line. That's why. Nobody else does that who's not in the law enforcement and the protection field. All this testimony in Washington, D.C., all these statements by Biden regime officials caring about the Capitol Police, they don't give a damn about the Capitol Police. That's a means to an end. They don't give a damn about police at all. What's going on in our cities and elsewhere These aren't natural disasters. Once again, these are Democrat Party man-made disasters. By now, most of you have seen this horrendous video of these teenagers in a stolen vehicle laughing, targeting a man on a bicycle The driver revs up his engine, taps his horn, slams into the back of the bicycle. The man flips up into the air, his bike is crushed, and he dies instantly. He didn't know what hit him. 6 a.m., he's out for a morning bicycle ride. We see the video because the teenagers were very proud of what they did. And they posted it. There's no doubt what took place. 
You got the guy in the back of the car egging on the driver, who didn't need much egging on, by the way. They had carjacked his vehicle. Now, what kind of people do such a thing? What kind of people do everything they can to tamp down the coverage of what took place? Probably the same kind of people who 85 years ago and beyond covered up the Holocaust. Probably the same kind of people who cut corners all the time when it comes to reporting the truth, particularly if it means they have to abandon their narrative and their agenda. And so this story has spread a lot thanks to the internet and certain media, including conservative talk radio. But otherwise, you don't hear much about it. Let's dig a little deeper. The truth hurts. The man riding the bike, middle-aged man, turns out he's 64, he's a white guy. I thought race was important. It's important to know everybody's race, isn't it? Isn't that what we're told? Press or oppressed and so forth? It's a white guy. The teenager driving the vehicle and the guy in the back are not white guys. They're black guys. They're punks. They saw this man riding his bicycle. Guy in the back says, get his ass. Driver slams into the back of the bike and murders the guy who isn't bothering anybody. I don't see Attorney Crump out there. Do you, Mr. Producer? I haven't heard Al Sharpton talk about this. Nancy Pelosi, Mum. All the leaders of the Democrat Party don't say a word. Biden, Kamala Harris, Schumer, nothing. Not a word. And everybody knows damn well, if the shoe was on the other foot, this would be a marquee story on every network in America across the top of the page and every newspaper in America. But it's a non-story. As they write at Right Scoop, the horrible video shows teenagers in Las Vegas hit and kill a man on a bicycle for fun as they ran another car off the road. The man they killed was retired California police chief Andreas Props who was only 64. The teens had just stolen a Hyundai and were picked up by cops on the 14th of August. The 17-year-old driver was arrested on suspicion of hit and run, but it was only after cops discovered the video showing them committing the crime in late August that they were charged with murder. As a New York paper reports, Retired California police chief appeared to be deliberately mowed down and killed while riding his bike in Las Vegas by a laughing teenage driver whose pal can be heard saying, yeah, hit his ass on the video. 
Andreas Probst, 64, was killed after he was deliberately struck while out for a morning bike ride around 6 a.m. on August 14, according to Las Vegas police. The unidentified 17-year-old driver of the Hyundai was arrested by police soon afterwards at the Las Vegas Review-Journal report. Was this on the morning schmo today? Do we even know? Who knows? I'm sure it was. I'm sure he's very concerned about this. Tina has since been charged with murder after police discovered a video posted to the social media that allegedly showed him deliberately hitting the man. So they post it. That's how proud they are. It's very funny. This weekend, the shocking footage went viral online showing the driver asking his pals, ready? As the passenger films, laughing. Yeah, hit his ass, he tells the driver before plowing into the retiree. The disturbing clip begins with the passengers cursing at other cars as they speed by on a North Tanya Way near West St. Highway, a Parkway. The video shows the car approaching a man in a red riding a bicycle on the side of the road from behind. With his friend's encouragement, the driver pulls into the bike lane behind him, honks his horn, and deliberately smashes directly into the back tire with a loud bang, sending the cyclist flying. The passenger films the man lying helplessly on the side of the road behind the vehicle. Damn that N-word, and you know the N-word. Damn the N-word. Got knocked out. Got knocked out, the passenger says as the driver can be heard stepping on the gas. Propst was taken to the University Medical Center where he was pronounced dead. The 17-year-old was arrested the same day as Propst's death on suspicion of hit and run. He was later charged with murder because of the video. Though the date the charges were set was not clear. Passenger in the back... It's not clear what's happened to him. The former cop had moved to Sin City after he retired as a police chief in Bell, California in 2009. Did I mention about the deputy sheriff who was murdered? Who was sitting in his car minding his own business? Murdered. I think it was yesterday. They shot where he sat. These are the people that deserve a 40% salary increase. And these are the people who are now being targeted. It's open season on cops. You can thank the media for all this animus. You can thank the Democrat Party. The civil rights Marxists, many of them as I call them. You can thank the prosecutors who don't prosecute, the judges who coddle criminals, most Democrats, Soros supported many of them. The Democrat Party hates America. You see it every damn day. Every single day. I'll be right back. Mud Lovin. Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs, right? Short battery life, so you have to have a charger on hand, cracked screen that gives you glass splinters. 
Ouch. It's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, plus it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Dial pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. I want to thank my buddy Sean Hannity. He really is a buddy, you know. Interviewed me for a full hour, 4 p.m. this afternoon. I was on with him on Friday on his uh, program as well. We're going to be doing more. Uh, we're scheduled to be on with uh, Pete Hegseth, scheduled to be on with Maria Bartiromo, who is a very nice, kind lady. We're going to be on Fox and Friends tomorrow, including with my buddy Kilmeade. And uh, that'll be, I'm just looking quickly, folks, sorry, uh, 8.30 to 8.50 a.m. We'll be on with a whole bunch of shows. The first show will be uh, O'Connor and Company on WMEL. But I'll be on many, many Affiliates. We have a lot of friends out there. We'll be on a number of podcasts, uh, typically the larger ones. I'll be on the, my dear friend Bongino's show, KRLA in, in uh, L.A., obviously, and uh, Kilmeade's radio show as well. You know, Mr. Producer. Well, now we have our dear friend Byron Donalds with us. Congressman, how are you, sir? Doing good, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, we're going to start here, and then I need to take over the other segment, if I may. Um, what is going on on Capitol Hill? I understand you've tried uh, to advance a fairly and solidly conservative proposal on the budget. and tell, tell us about it and what's going on. Well, what we what we've been able to negotiate with some of the members on the on the moderate side of our conference, some of the members of part of the Main Street Caucus, is a short-term uh, spending uh, uh, cut. Uh, it will be an eight percent cut to overall to all the agencies. It would leave DOD and our veterans with what they need to continue their missions. And it would secure our southern border. It would actually pass H.R. 2, uh, our border security package, into law. Um, and so basically what it does is it puts the fight about border security squarely in the middle of government funding and a shutdown. It makes the president and the Senate decide if they want to fund the government and secure our border or if they want to shut the government down and not secure our border. And you're saying you were able to negotiate this with some of the moderate Republicans, so you have that kind of a significant unity behind this? Well, I think what's happened is you have a lot of members, you know, regardless if they're, you know, more conservative America first members or they're more moderate members who see the border as such a disaster for our country, the fentanyl killing our people, the migrants flooding our cities, the border completely unsecure, the cartels having control of a portion of our country, and they're fed up with it. And then you have the other issue where, look, we're running a $2 trillion deficit, Fitch ratings just downgraded our debt, and they want to try to do something. 
So what what we've basically kind of agreed to is, well, let's cut the agencies at least some as a stopgap measure while we continue to work on the appropriation bills in the House to further cut spending and to further get rid of these crazy policies put in by Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and I will add Mitch McConnell in the Senate when they signed up on that omnibus deal mm. uh, before uh, in the last lame duck. So at least somebody now, you folks, have uh, united around this proposal, which does cut domestic spending and puts the border right out front that we need to deal with it immediately. Are you getting opposition for this? Yeah, we've had we have some opposition in the House uh, from, you know, listen, from some members who are in the Freedom Caucus. And look, let, let me be clear about my colleagues. They passionately care about this country, and they just their view right now is is that things are so dire um, that you know that there's there's no ability to negotiate something in the House to save the country. So why let the government continue? My view is let's actually try to get some some wins on securing the border, and then we can use that to then move into um, with other Republicans about, you know, going after the Department of Justice and weaponization, going after the ATF and pistol braces, going after all the woke policies in the Department of Defense, going over the woke policies in the Department of Homeland Security. These things that are truly undermining us as a nation. So I think really, Mark, we're having a tactical difference of what's the best way to go about saving the country. So we'll see where it ends up over the next couple of days. And Schumer's trying to jam all you guys, isn't he? He blew off the lid in the last deal as if it never took place. They're holding uh, money needed for FEMA, for Florida and Maui, and so forth uh, as part of this. They're throwing in all kinds of massive new spending and expansion of government, and then they're saying, take it or leave it, aren't they? Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. And and Chuck Schumer even said it, uh, I believe, earlier today. That's what he plans on doing. He's already come out and said that even the proposal we're discussing is is simply dead on arrival in the Senate. And I think it's important for the American people to understand, and I know your listeners definitely understand, uh, that this this these Democrats in the Senate and this White House are so diabolical. They truly believe in fundamental transformation, and they simply do not care. So it's important that we have these political fights when they come so people know where Republicans stand and we fight on every footing possible to achieve success. Byron Donalds, please hold. We want to go back to you after the break. I've got several more questions I want to ask you. Byron Donalds, in many ways, ladies and gentlemen, is the gold standard. I'll be right back. Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs, right? Short battery life, so you have to have a charger on hand. Crack screen that gives you glass splinters. Ouch. It's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, plus it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Dial pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Byron Donalds, Byron Donalds, you know, 
I'm a resident of Florida. I spend time in Virginia. I, I have come to a conclusion about Matt Gates that he's not so much a conservative as he is, well, I'm not sure. And I'm not trying to drag you into this discussion, but is he in a battle or a confrontation with you two now? Is that what I'm reading and seeing? I mean, I mean, look, Matt tweeted directly about me and what I was doing. You know, he's entitled to do that. But, you know, I'm going to respond, Mark. I always do. Uh, I tell my friends who wonder how I deal with politics is that, look, I'm a man first. Politics, I'm second. So, uh, you know, if Matt wants to make, make this a thing between me and him, we can do that. But, like, I asked him today on social media, what's your plan? How, you, how are you going to achieve the objective you're telling everybody you want to achieve? You know, because in, in the House, in the body, you got to be able to count votes. And you don't count votes just sending out tweets and hot takes. You count votes trying to, you know, work hard and figure a path forward to be successful. I ask you this question because I notice, again, I'm trying to drag you. I was reading some of these things today. I find a lot of his battle with McCarthy is personal. A lot of his battle with a lot of people is, is, is personal. And uh, it's not like you're that far apart on philosophy, but if you disagree on strategy... I thought there was a pretty crappy shot he took at you, quite frankly. Well, I mean, look, it's okay to disagree about strategy and tactics. I mean, we don't have to agree on everything. I mean, we're not liberals. Exactly. You know, we're not Marxists where we just move in lockstep. We have these disagreements from time to time, and that's all well and good, you know. But I think, you know, look, there's issues I've had with Speaker McCarthy on how he's done things. I didn't agree with the debt ceiling deal at all. Um, I had, you know, vehemently uh, disagreed with that. But right now, he's a Speaker of the House. And so, you know, I think even for your listeners and for a lot of people, you know, my my concern is, is that if we get into this circling fire, firing squad about McCarthy, um, that Mitch McConnell is going to use that to his advantage in the Senate, and we're going to be right back where we started from. And so, you know, I just don't think that's the most productive thing right now. It might come to that, but I think we got to use every opportunity possible to fight for the country first, and then we'll deal with all the internal politics later. One more question on this. Do you think Gates is trying to position himself to run for governor? That's my sense. As a Floridian, that's my sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 happening. You know, but uh, look, everybody that gets in, themselves involved in politics, they all have to make a decision on how they're going to, you know, go about their business and handle themselves. I'm not going to comment on what he's doing. That's just what I think. Um, but in terms of the governor's mansion, the people of Florida are going to decide that one. And the Republicans of Florida are going to decide who's going to be the nominee. Mm-hmm. And um, your proposal is receiving, you say there's some uh, conservatives who are not going to back it. What is it, five, mm-hmm. six, seven of them or so? Well, I mean, look, the concern is is that, you know, people are starting to ratchet up voting no on it. So we'll, honestly, Mark, we got to see where it goes from here. Um, all I'm going to do is just be honest with my members about where they are, where we are, what's a possible, what's not. And at the end of the day, they represent their district like I represent mine. But I know that they all care about the country. They want to fight for the country. We want to reverse all this crazy stuff that Joe Biden has done. I just think that having internal Republican fights about this stuff right now, when we can put Joe Biden on the line. And let, let me say this. Joe Biden is the first president in the modern era 
who has no control over the bully pulpit, Mark. Even his own staff don't want him near the bully pulpit. Mm -hmm. They play elevator music to get him off the stage. We've never seen anything like this. And so if you're telling me that we can't win real political gains against this guy, then, then what are we doing on Capitol Hill, Mark? And that's, that's my overall concern. Yeah, you're in trouble if that's what you're doing. How about on the McCarthy side? Are they uh, sort of re- receptive to this idea? Yeah, they're receptive to it, and they've kind of, you know, given me and a couple of the other, other members room to, to to try to figure some things out. And, you know, even when it's going to come to having to figure out the, the appropriation bills, I think we have a group of people that are willing to try to figure out a way to, to get to something that can that can pass that we can work from from there. I mean, look, there's going to be some things that they're going to want to do, Mark, that I'm going to just say absolutely not. I'm not supporting. And uh, mm-hmm. we've kind of had those conversations already. But you have the people in the chamber. They're the ones who vote. And so you have to try to get them to the most conservative place possible. That's what I'm focused on doing. You know, Chip Roy was on the program last week. He sounded very much like you, by the way, on this. And I said, Chip, here's my problem as a conservative standing back and watching this who's not involved in Congress. You, the conservatives are not organized around any positions. In other words, they're not, they, they don't even have the same agenda other than cutting spending you got guys over here pushing this guys and he he admitted that that was an issue do a lot of conservatives see that this is an issue uh yeah i do and you know chip's right in this one um i mean we disagree on a couple things uh but you know he's right about this there we're lacking a real uh cohesion in my view internally now i think that the that the southern border is the one point where you all agree on. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the point of cohesion. And if we can, you know, make a, you know, a real fight, a real political battle in the press, in the halls of Congress, so that the American people can see what's happening and see like, man, these Republicans are right. We should be securing the border. That makes sense. Then it gives that cohesion in the House to then continue that fight onto the weaponization of the Department of Justice, onto uh, agencies that have woke garbage in them and weaponized garbage in them that we got to get out. And I think, Mark, the one thing, I answered some phone calls in my office today. Look, there's a lot of Republicans in our country. A lot of them are your listeners. They're just, they're tired. They're, they're tired of this government. They've been mm-hmm. lied to before. They've been lied to by Republican leadership before. They've been told this is the time we're going to fight, and the fight never materialized. And I get their frustrations. I, I share those same frustrations. And if I didn't think there was a pathway to succeed, I wouldn't even be doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. I'm disgusted. I just wrote a whole book on it. And, but I do think if you can get an 8% cut on spending, except for the military and, uh, and veterans, uh, even for a 30-day or 60-day deal, at the same time, you're focusing attention on the border and what needs to be done about the border. I mean, that seems pretty good to me. 8%? It's a big number. Yeah. That's, that's the bill. And Mark, I'll add. That does not mean that we're just going to do that and nothing else. Members are already talking right now about ways to further cut some of these agencies. Um, That way we can get responsible agencies that are doing the job of the American people, not doing the job of the radical left or not doing the job of the never Trumpers. They're doing the job of the American people. And that's what matters more than anything else. And I also think you can get the upper hand on the Democrats because of the border issue. You're right. That's such an important priority. 
and the massive debt, and here you're saying, okay, we're slashing 8%, except for these two, and we're going to deal with the border. And then you have the Democrats are saying debt on arrival, and I think you have them on their heels then, don't you? Yep, that's the point. That's the whole point right there. And again, look, it, listen, first of all, Chuck Schumer, nobody, nobody really knows who he is. I mean, I know you do, uh, but most people don't even know who the Democrat leader is in the Senate. Joe Biden, are you kidding me? You know, they see Corinne Jean-Pierre more than they see him. And so these are the political dynamics that are in front of us. I think we have an opportunity to really win this fight. But, you know, you don't, you don't, win, you don't win any fights you don't get engaged in. All right, Byron, you're welcome back anytime. Take care of yourself, sir. All right. Thanks, Mark. All right. Be well. So you've heard from Chip Roy. You've heard from Byron Donalds. Before them, you heard from Kevin McCarthy. And you know what amazes me, Mr. Producer, and America? It's not like they're all that far apart, is it? Not like they're all far apart. So that tells me that some people have sort of their own thing going on because they know that with four or five vote majority that it only takes really a couple of members to throw turds in the swimming pool. Now, if your goal is to bring down the government, let me tell you a little secret. They're not going to be able to do it this way. They're not going to be able to do it this way. Let me tell you what's going to happen. The liberal, moderate, rhino, bush light Republicans are going to join with the Democrats. That's what's going to happen. So we'll lose everything. And I suspect that's one of the reasons Chip Roy's trying to look for an answer and Byron Donalds is trying to look for an answer. But if somebody that says, nah, bring the house down, they're not going to bring the house down. We may well get the worst budget in American history. Because the conservatives won't have a say. The Republicans in the Senate will go along with Schumer. They already have. All you need are six or seven Republicans to join the Democrats from the House, and the game's over. And so, uh, you know, you can't be uh, you can't be picket. This can't be picket's charge. Picket's charge. Let's go get them. Even Pickett didn't want to be part of Pickett's charge. He was ordered to do it. Sounds good. We'll take them head on. We'll split their ranks. In many ways, it was the beginning of the end of the Confederacy and the Civil War. So if we have stupid people doing stupid things in the name of conservatism, that bothers me a lot. I'm never going to line up behind stupid. And we don't take a second seat, you and I, to anybody who says that this government's out of control. This government is more than out of control. This government is no longer a constitutional republic as far as I'm concerned. But that's not an excuse to give them everything. Will you play the role of Pickett or Don Quixote? I'm not interested in any single politician. I don't care who they are, what office they've been in, or what office they want. I have no interest in that whatsoever. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs, right? Short battery life, so you have to have a charger on hand. Cracked screen that gives you glass splinters. Ouch. It's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, plus it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Dial pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you who pre-ordered the Democrat Party Hates America, I cannot thank you enough. The pre-order number is almost 100,000. That's thanks to you. Almost 100,000. The book is released tomorrow officially, 12.01, what would it be, a.m., I guess. And it'll be in every major retail outlet store that has books in the country, at least it's supposed to, including Costco, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Books A Million, all the stores. And we want to thank them, as well as the independents. I see it's a 41% off now at Amazon. Some of you got it maybe at 38%. I believe they honor the higher discount number. It's been sitting at number one on Amazon for the last five or six days. It's thanks to you again. But tomorrow's the big day. And I cannot possibly do this book justice. As Sean has said, as everybody who's read it up to this point has said, In an interview, I can't do it justice on the radio. But you can do it justice and do yourself justice by reading it, even if you go to the library or somebody hands it to you. There's a lot of holidays coming up. Maybe there's birthdays, other occasions. I think this would be the perfect gift, but I also think it's it's a perfect gift for you to give to yourself. And when you put the book down... I honestly believe you're going to be a totally different person in understanding this country and what's been happening, what's happened to it in the past, and where we're going in the future. I don't believe you've ever had a book like this or read a book like this. I have not, and I read a ton, or I wouldn't have written it. We kept the retail price under 30 bucks, so the discounted price is actually under 18 bucks. I love the way some very cynical people say I do these things to make money. I don't need any more money. God knows I don't commit 16 months of my life to make money this way. That it's not worth. I do it because I believe in you and the country and liberty. This is what I do day in and day out. This is how I think. But those of you who have purchased my books in the past, this one's different. 
I believe it's the best and most important. Liberty and Tyranny, American Marxism, as well as other books. This should be right up there with them. Because the Democrat Party does hate America. I want you to try something. When you wake up tomorrow morning and listen to the news, or you're watching the news on TV, or reading in a newspaper, I want you to look at it through the lens of the Democrat party, party, excuse me, and their pursuit of power. Things will start to make sense. To answer the question I get, why? Why? Why do they do this? Because they don't care about the country. They don't care about you. They have sold minorities in this country a bill of goods for 150 years. And I prove it. So I want you to do if you can, to get over to Amazon or any major bookstore tomorrow, or a warehouse store for that matter, they'll all be discounted and grab yourself a copy. We have two book signings this coming weekend. Ridgewood, New Jersey at bookends. Barnes & Noble, Tyson's Corner, McLean, Virginia. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well, let me briefly read something to you that I think you'll find very interesting. There's an entire school of thought and scholarship, as I write in the Democrat Party Hates America, in which the Marxist ideologues claim that the English language, especially spoken in America, is in another example of imperialism, which must be upended and replaced with words and language that promote the Marxist ideology. In his book, A Marxist Philosophy of Language, Jean-Jacques Lesserre, professor of English at the University of whatever in France, argues that language is about more than communication. It's more political than communicative. It ties the development of the English language to the interests of feudalism and then capitalism. 
He contends that, quote, English has become the global language and the language of globalization because it is the language of the empire, whose practices are ever more explicitly imperialistic. He insists that, quote, language is not only a battlefield and one of the instruments of the class struggle, but also the site and instrument of the transformation of individuals into subjects. Its principal function, which is therefore not that of being an instrument of communication. And the link between linguistic conflict and class struggle is not metaphorical or merely analytical. So I write, the English language is the language of domination, he argues. Imperialism, capitalism, thereby requiring a break from its historic roots and the application of Marxist ideology to fix it. And I wanted you to know that there's this scholarship all over colleges and universities in this country and in English-speaking countries all over the world that seek to change words, language, thought processes, promote censorship, because it's a Marxist ideology. And it's taking place in our schools today. It's taking place in the public square today. A professor emeritus at Lancaster University in Britain, Norman Faircloth, contends in his convoluted book, Language and Power. The myth of free speech that anyone is free to say what they like is an amazingly powerful one given the actuality of a plethora of constraints on access to various sorts of speech and writing. These are part and parcel of more general constraints on practice, on access to the more exclusive social institutions and so forth. So he says language in the English-speaking world comes from feudal lords. Marx would say the bourgeoisie. And this is everywhere on our college campuses. Everywhere in our newsrooms. In 1950 in Pravda, the Soviet Union's official so-called news outlet... Joseph Stalin wrote an entire essay titled Marxism and Problems of Linguistics. Now, I read this. It's not like an article. It's a small book. It's an essay. Among other things, Stalin said that, quote, Marxism holds that the transition of language from an old quality to a new does not take place by way of an explosion of the destruction of an existing language and the creation of a new one, but by the gradual accumulation of the elements of the new quality, and hence by the gradual dying away of the elements of the old quality. So I write, from Stalin, we get the gradual usurpation of words and language to accomplish the Marxist ends. And by the way, it's basically plagiarizing Lenin. And like it or not, we must understand that time and again, the Democrat Party and surrogates demonstrate their commitment to this effort. For example, the Washington Free Beacon reports Quote, federal agencies under Biden are using taxpayer dollars to promote so-called inclusive language guides, instructing Americans to abandon common terms like homeless people for left-wing alternatives like people experiencing unsheltered homelessness. The recommendations from agencies such as the Centers for Disease Control and the National Institutes of Health focus on non-stigmatizing language, which means eliminating terms such as inmate and alcoholic, from common use. Instead, the CDC advises Americans should say persons who are incarcerated or detained 
and persons with alcohol use disorder. The NIH style guide, meanwhile, advises people to say gender affirmation or gender confirmation rather than sex change. They should similarly avoid the term hermaphrodite and should never misgender someone, I'm quoting them, which is using a word or address that does not correctly reflect the gender identity of the transgender or gender diverse person. Of course, when it comes to conservatives, I point out, Republicans and Trump supporters, let the hate speech fly. Nothing's off limits. But the Biden administration has developed guidelines. I'm just showing you how, 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 what's taking place here under the Democrat Party. The Biden administration has developed guidelines and directives to be implemented government-wide that officially change words and language throughout the bureaucracy. Quote, The agency's terms and pronoun lists stem from an executive order Biden signed on his first day in office. They called for a comprehensive approach to advance equity for all throughout the federal government. Each agency, writes the Beacon, must assess whether and to what extent its programs and policies perpetuate systemic barriers to opportunities and benefits for people of color and other unserved underserved groups, according to Executive Order 13985. Biden followed up with another executive order, further advancing racial equity, which calls for a whole-of-government approach to embed equity in all aspects of federal decision-making. In other words, embed Marxism. Even in the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, tasked with focusing on traffic safety, they must comply, quote, The language we use in aerospace matters, the FAA tweeted from its official account. We've begun to adopt gender-neutral and inclusive aviation terminology as part of our agency-wide initiative. Recommendations include replacing airmen with aircrew, manned aviation with traditional aviation, and cockpit with flight deck. The Department of Transportation said in its budget proposal it would allocate funds to tackle climate change, address inequities, and advance environmental justice and improve aviation and infrastructure by including improving improvements in promoting environmental justice, climate change mitigation, and enhancing equity through more inclusive contracting and workforce development. That's the FAA, for God's sakes. The FAA. In fact, central to the corruption of our words and language and the manipulation of the public in service to the Democrat Party are the media. This is in Chapter 4 of The Democrat Party Hates America. I'm only giving you a tiny piece of it. Of course, the purpose of a free press is to stand as a bulwark and watchdog against the tyranny of powerful institutions and individuals, especially the increasing centralization and empowerment of government. To hold such entities and people to account to the public and to inform and disseminate information to the citizenry. But not as the voice of a single party in an anti-American revolution. In totalitarian regimes, the media are controlled by the state. Incredibly, in America, the media have largely transformed into a corrupt propaganda operation for the Democrat Party. And its causes. In an arm of the central government. It's done so voluntarily without threats or intimidation, because the media are mostly populated with ideologues who have ties to the Democrat Party and are activists for American Marxist revolution, just as most of the other cultural institutions have been devoured by the American Marxist ideologists, so have the media. I wrote extensively about that in other books, so I don't 
repeat it here. Totalitarian regimes, there is an extensive and relentless use of propaganda. As Swiss sociologist Jean K. Chalabi explains, the press becomes part of the ideological state apparatus that embraces artistic and film production, the education system, science and religion. In the totalitarian state, the party's monopoly on the means of communications serves two broad purposes. The first is repressive in scope and helps stifle dissent and silent opposition to the party's autocratic rule. Second, it facilitates the transformation of the media into instruments of propaganda designed to indoctrinate the masses. Totalitarian parties engage in vast programs of socialization in order to fashion the new individual that fits in the party's vision of the new order. That's the Democrat Party. It is in many ways a totalitarian party. Regrettably, there are clear and significant overlaps between the media under totalitarian regimes and the American media service to a single party and its ideological agenda. In the first place, as Joanna Thornborough, senior lecturer in the Center for Language and Communication Research at Cardiff University, that's in Wales, explains, the influence and power of the mass media on society, the culture and politics are enormous. The mass media have become one of the principal means through which we gain access to a large part of our information about the world as well as much of our entertainment. And because of this, they are a powerful site for the production and circulation of social meanings. For instance, to a great extent, the media decide the significance of things that happen in the world for any given culture, society, and social group. The language used by the media to represent particular social and political groups and to describe newsworthy events tends to provide the dominant ways available for the rest of us to talk about those groups and events. Now, I'm not going to read you the whole book or the whole chapter. The book is 400 pages long. I just read you three pages. But chapter four, like the rest, but in particular to me, is an immensely important chapter. Where I did an enormous amount of research, and I, I hope you understand or know that for every essay I read, most of them are not in the book. For every book I read, historical book, most of them are not in the book. You need to read a ton, you need to research a ton, and then you need to analyze a ton to decide how you're going to put the puzzle pieces together in a book, particularly a book like this. So throughout the last few months, here and there, you've heard me talk about history, the culture, economics. You've heard me talk about the Constitution, Marxism, capitalism. You've heard me talk about a thousand other things. And I think this will be a page-turner for you because for the most part, we Americans have to self-educate these days. Most of what I write about in these books, and this is book number 10, I didn't learn anywhere. I didn't learn anywhere. I taught myself. And whenever I can, to the extent possible, I use original sources. Because original sources reveal a lot. And in many other instances, not all, but too many Non-original sources reflect the 
biases of the individuals who write them. But sometimes, sometimes they're superb. Most of the time they're not. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome back, America. You know, it wasn't that long ago when there was a radio host who couldn't stop begging me to promote his book. Scratching at my my door like a cat in heat. Kind of a stupid book, really. But I helped the guy. He was quite desperate. He needed help, so I gave him the help he needed. So he brags about his ratings. Well, the six to nine slot's a tough slot. You go up against the Mets and the Yankees and other parts of the country go up against teams. You go up against the hockey teams and all the rest of it. It's a tough slot. You know, we on WABC, I've been on this station for 21 years. They can never really find people for this slot. Because we're considered dead. Dead. But six to nine is the slot where you really have to duke it out. Where you really have competition. A lot of the time slots, there is no competition. None whatsoever. And so, these guys are really a flash in the pan. Nobody's really ever heard of them before. They think they're king of the hill in one particular town or city. They pop off like they matter. Some do matter. Some are outstanding. Some are clowns. The vast majority are great, and I'm going to be on many of their programs, and I want to thank them all over the country. We have great affiliates here. But some of them think people are actually listening to them because they're entertaining. No, they're listening to them because they're head cases. Because they're burned out. That's why people are listening to them, for the same reason they watch car accidents. Again, Not the vast majority of my affiliates, that's for sure. They can't even read a book, let alone write a book. Oh, yes, yes, Mark. Can I come on your program? Mark, can you come on my program? One in particular, and he demonstrates... 
that he has no character, no class whatsoever. And still has no character, no class. It's a mental midget. It's given a time slot, really, that any monkey can do well. Any monkey. But I don't want to put down monkeys. I was told a long time ago, don't shoot down. Don't reach down. Probably good advice, don't you think, Mr. Producer? So do I. I think so very much. But this guy was burned out a long time ago, between his ears and in other ways. He is a clown. And people like to watch clowns. They don't respect them. They're not listening to what the clown says. They just like to watch the clown stumble. But I want to thank all the great affiliates and morning hosts out there. Thank you. We revere you. We appreciate you. You're what makes radio work. You don't climb on the shoulders of people before you and then slit their throats. I'll be right back. Liberty's Voice. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. What do you think of a guy that trashes the deceased Rush Limbaugh? I don't understand why he was revered. Or trashes Hannity, who's never even bothered this guy. I've seen stupid, cocky people before. In the end, they don't last. Particularly when they have a background. Like some of these guys do. They don't last. They just don't. They just don't. They can't. Because they're stupid. So they got to be a clown all day long. Now I understand that people think this is what works on AM. But I also know that disrespecting your audience doesn't work for the long haul. It just doesn't. It doesn't. I understand jealousy. I really do. I got it. I understand it. But stupidity, well, that comes at birth. That's in your DNA. And stupidity can't be shaken. That's a fact. More later, perhaps. Perhaps not. Matter of fact, Mr. Producer, just for the fun of it, if I decide to use it, would you pull the interview I did with this guy with his book? And just pocket it. Just pocket it. You know what they say about no good deed goes unpunished? Well, the guy's stupid. Well, maybe he should be punished. We'll see. We'll sit on it. But I want to get to bigger things right now. Bidenflation. 
This is Town Hall. One of the great columnists there is Sarah Arnold. I don't know anything about Sarah Arnold, but she's good. Bidenflation has caused a drastic number of Americans to live in poverty. Since President Biden entered office three years ago, Bidenflation has taken a severe toll on Americans. Due to his far-left policies, Americans' wallets have gotten slimmer while the prices at grocery stores and gas pumps have increased. According to a new report just released by the U.S. Census Bureau, the number of Americans living below the poverty level has risen for the first time in years. In 2022, 12.4% of the population lived at or below the poverty level, a stark increase from 2021 when 7.8% lived in the poverty level. Now think about that. When he says, it's working. Binomics is working. And the Democrats go on TV and they tell you what a success it is. How the economy is doing great. It's working. 2022, 12.4% of the population lives at or below the poverty level. 2021, it was 7.8%. That is a massive increase. Now, the data also found that inflation surges outpaced the average pay raises of U.S. workers in 2022, counting for the third consecutive year under Biden that paychecks didn't go as far as they once did. Inflation-adjusted median household income suffered a 2.3% decline, adjusting to $74,580 in 2022. Now, compared to 2021, the average was 76,330. It has fallen by 4.7% since its high point in 2019, a year before Biden took office. In addition, the consumer price index was 6.5% higher than last year, according to a report released by the Labor Department. Since Biden took office, inflation has risen 13.7% since the beginning of 2023. Pretty damnable, don't you think? And if the Republicans would stop fighting with each other, they may actually have a case here. But God Biden continues to gaslight Americans, insisting his economic plan works. Quote, this morning we have some good news, he said recently. We still have more work to do, but we're clearly moving in the right direction, and there's more breathing room in store for American workers and families. Well, the American people aren't buying it by any poll, as a matter of fact. And then there is this. If I can find the damn thing. Oh, there it is. Okay. Business and politics. IRS watchdog rips into Biden's false pledge that $80 billion would not be used to audit average Americans. That's what he got, $80 billion to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. A new report has been issued by the official watchdog of the IRS unsurprisingly admitting that $80 billion given to the IRS by the Biden administration potentially means more audits for average Americans. The watchdog claims, this is a watchdog of the IRS, in the IRS. The watchdog claims the audits will occur if the IRS doesn't take immediate action to prevent it, and there's little indication they're inclined to do so. Quote, last year the Inflation Reduction Act, which was not actually designed to reduce inflation, Gave the IRS $80 billion of new funding. The funding would be used to hire 87,000 new agents, as you know, over the next several years. As the Blaze reports, in response to criticism from Americans of all political views, the Biden administration promised 
None of the money would be used to increase the number of audits on American households or small businesses earning less than 400000 a year. Well, this is apparently turning out to be yet another lie by the Biden administration, the official IRS watchdog, the official IRS watchdog. The U.S. Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration is claiming the IRS can't fulfill that promise. It asserts that this is because the IRS defines high-income taxpayers as though earning in excess of 200000 a year. There's no way to identify the complete population of taxpayers that meet the criterion of 400000 or more specified by the current Treasury Secretary, the report contends. The $200,000 threshold for high-income earners was set in 1976. When adjusted for inflation, that threshold would be more than a million dollars today. Well, they haven't adjusted it for inflation. It's still a $200,000, so let's take an example. You're a senior firefighter, you're a senior married to a senior police officer, you're a senior police officer, and you're married to a senior teacher, you break the threshold. You're a small business person, you break the threshold. From the beginning, the Biden administration has claimed that the reason for billions of dollars to hire an army of new IRS agents, well, was to increase tax enforcement against wealthy Americans who game the tax code for benefit. But that inspector general noted that increasing enforcement when it comes to wealthy Americans will be problematic because the agency just doesn't have enough agents who know how to tear into the financial data. In other words, too many of the agents are so stupid they wouldn't know how to audit the so-called super wealthy if their lives depended on it. So what do they do? They go after you. Because they have numbers to meet. They have internal quotas that they have to meet. Quote, our analysis disclosed no significant increase in the number of high-income individual returns audited, says the inspector general. Despite congressional encouragement to examine individual high earners the former Treasury Secretary's directive, most examinations were not focused on high-income taxpayers, said the Inspector General, making it evident that average Americans are being the ones targeted by the IRS. So, you see, this is what I mean about the Democrat Party, the Biden regime, and all that. All talk. They're there to help the little guy. They're there to help the middle class. They're there to help you, Mr. and Mrs. America. But they're not. It's a ruse. It's camouflage for what they're really doing. They want to so impoverish and dispirit the middle class that you folks will lose faith in your country, in your constitution, in the rule of law. And they'll keep talking up class warfare. They'll keep talking up Marxist claptrap. When in fact, that's what they believe in. But they blame the system which they've destroyed and are destroying. And the media helped them do it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what, folks? I want to apologize. I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't be baited into this stuff. It'll never happen again. Seriously. Seriously. I'm not going to reach down and uh, 
and play basketball with somebody. I'm not going to do it and bounce them on the floor. So that I won't be doing anymore. Unless, of course, I'm really pissed. But my goal is not to do that. Now listen to this. This is what I want to follow. Julie Kelly, one of the greats, who reports on January 6th. Ready for this? Just now. A Washington, D.C. jury just convicted two 70-plus-year-old pro-life activists, and a D.C. judge immediately ordered them into custody. Announced by the D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, whose wife is a radical pro-abortion activist. That's what I talk about. This is frightening. Frightening. To 70-year-old pro or more pro-life activists. Why? Did they get too close to the abortion clinic? No violence. No touching. None of it. They're in jail tonight. And they have to wonder what kind of country they live in. They have to wonder what kind of country they live in. By the way, Mr. Bidu, why would a bald guy attack somebody as being bald? That's what I mean about stupid. And don't get me into the past and what people have done in their past. Don't, don't, don't take me there, Mr. Producer. Don't force me to go there. I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to bother a bald, short guy. I don't want to do it, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be baited into it, Mr. Producer. Keeps prodding me, you know, don't you, Mr. Producer? I can gather all this audio. No, 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 don't want it. Keep it, because the, the nation doesn't care. We're on the precipice here. Why don't we take a couple of calls, Mr. Producer? I've been doing all the talking today. Who do you recommend? Brenda in Oregon on XM Satellite. Brenda, how are you? Good, and how are you? I don't know. Sitting really here. Really enjoying I'm your... sitting here as an overrated bald guy. I don't know what to do. I, uh, I don't know why people listen anymore. I'm so down and out. I just don't know what to do, Brenda. Any recommendations? Well, my minister, he is bald, and on his yes, desk, yes. he said, God only made so many perfect heads, and the rest he covered with hair. I see. Okay, anyway, but imagine, I, imagine a bald guy saying that to another bald guy. Does that not demonstrate <laughs> stupidity? I think it does. All right, go right ahead, Brenda. With hair. Yeah, who cares? Exactly. Say, I'm really excited about your book. Thank you. Yes. I'm really excited about your book, and I ordered 10 of them so I could uh, pass them out to friends and family. Well, guess what? You're going to get a one signed one from me, what? and I want to thank you very, very much. Oh. You're very, very kind. Make sure you keep that one. Don't give it to anybody. Oh, no, I'm keeping that one. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Thank you, and don't hang up because we need your address. All right, Mr. Producer, any uh Irregular Americans? Billy in New York, WABC. Billy, how may I help you? 
Yeah, good evening. How does the uh, recent cash for uh, hostages transfer juxtapose with uh, the uh, Iran-Contra deal and all the investigations that came after it? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Where are all the investigations on this one? I mean, it was basically the same accusation. Where, where are all the investigations on this? No, there wasn't. But Ronald Reagan said he wasn't even aware of it. And there wasn't even evidence to demonstrate that he was. But here, Joe Biden is bragging about it. Don't you find that a little strange? You going to answer any of my questions? Back in 87. You going to answer any of my questions? Should there be a joint hearing of Congress to determine how, we, how this occurred, like there was in the Iran-Contra case? Should there be an independent counsel who investigates this for seven and a half years, like there was in the Iran-Contra case? Should people be prosecuted and go to prison, like happened in the Iran-Contra case? I'm more than happy to, to discuss this with you. That's what happened in Iran-Contra. So you got your pound of flesh. And yet when it comes to the $6 billion given to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran now, that's on the precipice of having nuclear weapons, which it certainly wasn't during the Reagan administration... How do you jive with that? How do you jive that? Get out the phone, you idiot. You can't make any sense of anything. Well, there you go. He's not a morning host, is he, Mr. Producer? He could be. Where was he calling from? What part of New York? Just said New York. No identification. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you. Tomorrow's a big day. And I appreciate you more than you could possibly know, and I treat you with the respect that you deserve. And that's how you remain on a radio for 21 years. You don't treat the audience like crap. I, on the other hand, am blessed by you, and I appreciate you every single day that I do this. God bless you, and I'll see you tomorrow. Be well. Be well.